Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another Soul of America radio broadcast. Tonight's episode is Let's Straighten It Out, starring Dr. Bo, also known as Big Easy. Big Easy helps you work out and foster healthy relationships. Tonight's show is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio and hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. And now, without any ado, we take you directly to Let's Straighten It Out with Dr. Bo. Constant stress and 
feeling that everything is so urgent. So learning to relax and to chill out and to pace yourself is very healthy. If you're always wound up and reacting to stuff that cannot be good for you uh, as far as your physical health or your emotional health. Uh, the last quote I want to share with you is one by an unknown author that says, Stress is the confusion created when one's mind overrides the body's basic desire to choke the living daylights out of some jerk who desperately deserves it. Uh, I'm sure that none of you out there can relate to that. You've never felt like choking anybody, but unfortunately that's the way it is sometimes is that there are some people that just have a knack for pushing your buttons, but you have to understand that these people can't push your buttons unless you let them push your buttons. So some people are going to be jerks no matter what, <clears throat> and you can't do anything to change that. And so rather than wasting your time trying to change their behavior, you might just try changing your reaction to their behavior. So we want to look tonight at uh, what are some things that um, contribute to your stress. We want to be on the same page as far as the definition for stress, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I want to just share a variety of things with you to help you to better understand how stress impacts you and what are some things that you can do uh, to cope with it a little better. And when we're talking about relationships, a lot of our stress or distress, which I'll talk about and distinguish later, comes from our expectations. What is it that we're expecting from other people? What is it that we're expecting from ourselves? But when you think about trying to strike a balance between your expectations and your needs, there are just some basic expectations that we have of ourselves and other people that when those expectations are not met, it creates a lot of stress. When our basic needs are not met, it creates a lot of stress. And I've often told people that in my years of counseling with people, especially in working with couples, it doesn't matter what the nature of your problem is. I found that there are only two reasons that people get upset, and it doesn't matter what the problem is. The main two reasons that people get upset is, number one, somebody is doing something that you don't like, or number two, they're not doing something that you want them to do. At any rate, they're not meeting your expectations. And some people have the audacity to think that people owe them that. But when you feel that your expectations aren't being met, then you need to reevaluate how reasonable and realistic are your expectations. Nobody owes you anything, uh, not even the people that we care the most about or that care the most about us. There are just some things that people will do that will rub us the wrong way, the things that people will do that will be against our desires, and a lot of times our expectations are not going to be met. So if your expectations aren't being met, then you need to reevaluate. Is the problem that you need to readjust your expectations and how realistic is it for you to expect that other person to change? Because by the same token, you might not be meeting that person's expectations, and the door swings both ways. Just like you expect people to do things that you want done, then you have to be able and willing to reciprocate sometimes. So when you're stressed out because your expectations and needs and your primary relationships are not being met, then you might want to just step back and take a look at 
how realistic are my needs? Am I expecting something that I'm not going to get? And you have to set priorities and you have to choose your battles and determine whether or not you want to expend a lot of energy um, barking up the wrong tree. So in relationships, it's very important to try to balance your needs and expectations. And if someone is not meeting your needs and expectations, sometimes you have to be willing to back off and just accept that that person doesn't necessarily owe you that. Now, depending on the nature of the relationship, you might feel, well, I deserve to have this expectation met. But, again, it goes both ways, and you have to be mindful that sometimes these things just aren't going to uh, work out that way. And so when you are in your primary relationships, um, how are they working out as far as your needs being met? Sometimes it's a matter of you're not communicating those needs and people can't read your mind. So if you're all stressed out because you're feeling like your expectations aren't met, then you might want to um, reevaluate that. Um, and so that is something that you need to uh, to consider that when things are not going your way, you have to think about what is it that I can do to change that um, and when are my expectations not being realistic. The next thing you want to think about is just your basic needs. And I want to think about uh, two basic premises about our needs and how these come into play in our day-to-day relationships. You might be familiar with the psychologist by the name of Abraham Maslow. <clears throat> We've talked about this on some previous shows, and Maslow has what he calls a hierarchy of needs, and they're basically five tiers. The one, the most basic one, or our physiological needs. This is just the need for our hunger and thirst to be satisfied, the need for air to breathe, to be free from pain, to just be able to sleep and to eat, you know, just our basic needs. Included in that is our sex drive. Um, We have a need for sensory stimulation, and it's not always sexual, but that is important. And so if these basic needs are not being met on a regular basis, that can create some stress. The next one that he talks about is the need to for safety, to feel safe and secure, uh, to feel free from danger. And <clears throat> that's important because with the prevalence of domestic violence and abusive relationships, there are a lot of people that don't feel safe and comfortable in their relationships because of the uh, prevalence of domestic violence. So if your need for safety is constantly threatened, then you can be in a constant state of distress, and that can cause a lot of wear and tear on your body. The next thing that Maslow talks about is we all have a basic need to belong, to love, and to be loved, and we have a need to be affiliated with other people. Um, This is a basic um, need because we're social animals. Uh, We all want someone to love us, and we want to be in loving relationships. And so if you're in a relationship and you don't feel loved or you don't feel accepted or you don't feel that you fit in, then that can create a lot of stress for you. Uh, One thing to think about is that one um, perception is that a lot of the young folks that get involved in gangs 
Uh, they are trying to satisfy that need to belong and to be accepted. And if you don't feel like you're getting it from a healthy source or from your family, then you might turn to a gang or some other uh, source uh, to get those needs met. And again, in the instance of domestic violence relationships, in spite of the fact that the need for safety is not being met, uh, this need to belong or this false perception of being loved sometimes will outweigh the logic of the danger that you're in and cause people to be in a constant state of distress because uh, of the violence in that relationship. The next thing that um, Maslow talks about is this sense of esteem, which is not quite the same as self-esteem. It's pretty similar, but what he's talking about is we all have a need to achieve and to feel competent, uh, to have positive feelings about ourselves, to gain approval and recognition. And if that need is not being met, uh, then that can create some stress in your life. And sometimes um, it's from internal. Uh, it's not so much that you don't have things that you should be proud of or feel good about. Sometimes people have can have a negative self-image to where this uh, need for esteem is not met on a daily basis. And at the top of this hierarchy is Maslow's 50-cent word, self-actualization. And based on the status of that, he says that less than 4% of the people in our society reach that level and maintain it on an ongoing basis. It's more of a transient kind of thing. But uh, this is the need to feel fulfilled, to realize your potential, and to feel like you're capable and competent. So a lot of it gets back to self-esteem and how you feel about yourself, but a lot of it can be influenced by your relationships and whether or not your basic needs and expectations are being met. So from Maslow's perspective, the extent to which your needs are met will influence how much stress you experience in your relationships and how satisfied you are in those relationships. Now, on the other hand, another psychologist, William Schultz, uh, he talks about what he calls uh, fundamental interpersonal relationship orientation. And there are basically three things or three areas that Schultz talks about uh, that we're trying to attain. And they're very similar to the ones that we talked about with Maslow. But the three things, the three needs that he talks about are inclusion, control, and affection. Uh, we want from others to be accepted. That's how we satisfy that need for inclusion is for others to accept us. We express that to other people by showing interest and accepting them. So it's a reciprocal relationship. So if you're feeling accepted, and you have a reciprocal relationship uh, where you're able to accept that person, then you satisfy this need for inclusion. The next thing that he talks about is this need for control. Uh, we want a certain amount of guidance from other people. Um, we express this through taking some steps towards leadership, and sometimes people go overboard with this control thing. It's, that, um, it's difficult for them to accept guidance. Uh, they want to lead all the time. So the ideal is to have a balance between leading and following. And so you, even if you're in a leadership role, you need to be willing to accept guidance, to learn from others, and to 
not always feel like you got to be right. So depending on how much you feel that this need for control is being met will influence the amount of stress that you feel. And the third need that Schultz talks about is this need for affection. Uh, we want to be close. We want to be intimate. And that's not always a sexual intimacy, but it does include a sexual intimacy. But we satisfy our need for affection by being close to other people, um, and we reciprocate that by liking them or having these positive feelings. So with both of these theories, whether it's Maslow or Schultz, the main thing it gets back to how well our expectations are met in these relationships and whether or not our needs are being fulfilled on a regular basis. So if you're in a relationship and you don't feel that your needs and expectations are being met on a consistent basis, then that could create a constant state of stress and uh, consequently it can escalate the conflicts in that relationship. So we want to think about these things, and then we're going to take a little break. And when we come back after break, we're going to look at a working definition of stress, and then we'll look at that uh, to go from there to look at what are some signs of too much stress or what I would call distress. So let's take a little break, and I will be back shortly. Uh, call your friends and have them tune in, but uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Let's straighten it out with your host, Dr. Bo. We'll return very shortly. News and trending topics in the African-American community. Current issues that affect you and your family. And like a best friend, the soul of America Radio will be here for you. The best in talk radio right here on SOAR. Letting you know that you love what we do And you're listening from all over the world Our shows right now are Old Hell No Devil Which comes on Saturday at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time And the hosts are Tony and Evelyn They give you a cutting edge raw look at the gospel Speaking directly from the Bible in Jesus' name Also on Thursday nights we've got Dr. Bo Dr. Bo helps us foster healthy relationships By digging deep into our heads And getting us back on track Through Dr. Bo's philosophy and also, Tony Stallings Live is to be announced. Dr. Bo, Thursdays at 8 o'clock p.m. Central, and Oh Hell No Devil, Saturday 8 o'clock p.m. Central, and Tony Stallings Live to be announced. Thank you. And now we return you to Let's Train It Out with Dr. Bo. Okay, welcome back. Uh, right before the break, we were sharing some thoughts about 
stress as it relates to the extent to which our needs and expectations are being met through our significant relationships. And now we want to look at a working definition of stress. I want to start by pointing out that stress is not always bad. Uh, you need a certain amount of stress just to survive. For example, physiologically, the way that our body is built, you need a certain amount of stress just to stand and walk and to do some of the basic functions. So stress is not all bad. When it gets to be too much, then that's what we call distress. That is the bad stress. So we want to realize that some stress can be good because it can be uh, beneficial for you. But my working definition of stress is a physical and or a psychological reaction to a difficult, demanding, or dangerous situation or environment and is normally experienced as anxiety, fear, or extreme discomfort. And whether it's perceived as difficult, demanding, or dangerous depends a lot on your perspective. And you might be in a situation that you perceive as being difficult, dangerous, or demanding, and that will influence how much stress you experience, and it also influences how you might react to it. And so if you think about you're walking down a dark street and you hear a noise behind you and you turn around and you don't see anything, your body tenses up and you have this fight-or-flight uh, syndrome where your body is getting prepared to either fight and protect itself or to run and get away from it. And in most instances, your body cannot determine between a real threat and a perceived threat. If the threat is perceived because of your thinking, then your body is going to react the same way. The uh, autonomic nervous system kicks in, and you're going to have the same reactions, whether it's a real or perceived threat. So you're walking down the street, and you hear this noise, and you look around, there's nothing there. You walk again, and you hear the noise, you look around, nothing there. Your body's reaction is going to escalate. And then you turn, and you see it's just a cat, and then you calm down. But your body is already wound up by that time, and sometimes because of the way that we perceive our environment and because of the way we react to things, we can get so keyed up that it becomes difficult for our body to unwind. And so that's our working definition of stress is a physical and or psychological reaction to a difficult, demanding, or dangerous situation or environment and is normally experienced as anxiety, fear, or extreme discomfort. Now, stressor is any situation or event that causes stress. Anything that happens in your life that causes stress for you is a stressor. It's important for us to understand this whole idea of tension. And all tension is is holding stress in your muscles. I'm not going to tell you to put your hands on the radio and you're going to get a big reward, but if you would humor me and just hold your hand out in front of you and make a fist and squeeze as tight as you can and hold it for a few seconds and just notice your forearm and your elbow and notice how it feels and you just hold it, clenched fist for a few minutes, and you can feel the tension. And as you focus on that, it becomes a little bit more difficult for you to hold your hand up. Now, if you loosen your grip and just relax, you can feel the difference between 
how it feels when your fist is clenched, and how it feels when you relax. And so when you're talking about stress and stress management, that's basically what you are trying to do is you're just trying to be aware of the tension. You're trying to be aware of what are some of the stressors in your life, what are some of the things that create stress for you, and what can you do to manage and control that difference. And we talk about stress management because stress is not going to go away. It's going to always be there. And so it's important for you to know what can I do to help myself to cope more effectively with stress. And that's the source of my title, Taking Care of Yourself. Um, And, you know, you think about the advice they give you when you get on the plane. They tell you you got to put your own oxygen mask on first before you can help someone else. So you've got to deal with the stress in your life before you can really deal with the stress in other people's life or before you can deal with the stress in your relationships. It's that you have to take care of yourself. So sometimes it's perfectly okay to be a little selfish and to do things that are going to be in your best interest and that's going to cause you to have a healthier life in the long haul because you're going to do things to eliminate the stress in your life. You're going to do things to help you to manage and control the tension that you're feeling every day, whether it's real or perceived. Again, your body can't determine that. Only you can determine that. And once you determine the source of it, then that gives you a little bit of a clue of what you can do to help you to deal with it. Now, what are some signs of too much stress? You know, as I said, we all need a certain amount of stress in our lives just to function. You just don't want it to get out of control. So some of the common symptoms that people have of too much stress and tension would be headaches, uh, changes in your eating habits, if you're overeating or undereating. If you're a smoker, you might change smoke. Uh, you might get into turning alcohol or drugs to help you to cope with that stress. Uh, sometimes stress can cause uh, gastrointestinal uh, problems uh, like diarrhea or constipation. Uh, in women, it can cause menstrual irregularities because of uh, too much stress. It can contribute to depression. Uh, it might you know, cause you to be irritable and resentful or overreacting to situations. Um, too much stress can interfere with your sex drive. It can cause you to lose interest um, in sex, um, especially if you're having physical uh, tension. Uh, it can create muscle spasms. Um, you can have this constant desire like you want to just run away to get away from things. You're constantly trying to avoid things. Uh, too much stress can cause fatigue. It can create a lot of wear and tear on your body so that can you sitting down and feel like you've been running the marathon and you haven't moved two inches. So too much stress can be um, very um, threatening to your health. If you're constantly feeling bored, um, sometimes you can have stress because of not enough activity or too much inactivity. If you're a couch potato and you're spending your days uh, just sitting around watching TV and you're bored, uh, that can create stress. Uh, If you have changes in your sleeping habits, either sleeping too much or having insomnia and not um, being able to sleep, Another sign of stress is heart palpitations. A lot of times people get so anxious they don't necessarily have panic attacks. Sometimes it could be a panic attack, but 
your body, the autonomic nervous system kicks in when you're under a lot of stress and your heart beats faster, uh, your temperature goes up. You know, there are just certain things that happen naturally. And if you're in a constant state of distress and your heart is overworking itself, you might feel like you're having a heart attack. And sometimes people actually go to the emergency room and they're not having a heart attack. They're just under a lot of stress and it's just uh, acute anxiety. If you're having trouble concentrating, uh, getting a little confused sometimes, you're easily distracted and uh, can't focus on the things you need to do, uh, that can be a sign of too much stress. Another thing that can be a sign of too much stress that can be harmful is that sometimes when people are under constant stress and they get distracted, they're more prone to have accidents or to make errors. So uh, if you're feeling any of these symptoms, then it's important for you to look at uh, where is this coming from? You know, What can I do about it? Is this something that is real or is it perceived? Is it something that is internal that I have some control over or is it something that's external that I don't have uh, control over? So once you recognize some of these symptoms of too much stress, then you owe it to yourself to make some reasonable effort to try to deal with it. In a minute, you know, we're going to talk about uh, a personal stress management plan of just what exactly or some things that you can do to help you to learn to recognize the signs and symptoms and to do something to change it. Um, but we want to take a minute now to look at with these signs of too much stress, what are some of the things that cause you to have too much stress? And we're going to break these up into basically three categories. One is the psychosocial. You know, this is just basically what's going on on an interpersonal level. Uh, the next one, we want to look at what are some of the biological causes uh, of too much stress. And then third, uh, what are some of the personality traits that can cause too much stress? So from a psychosocial standpoint, if you have trouble adapting to change, then that can create a lot of distress. Uh, there's always going to be changes in your life, and if you're one of those people that are just tradition-bound and rigid and you don't adapt well, then you're going to constantly be in a state of distress, and that can create all of these physical symptoms that we talked about earlier. And over a period of time, uh, that can create a lot of wear and tear on your body. If you're one of those people that's easily, easily frustrated, um, then you need to look at what are some things that you can do to uh, deal with that. If you feel like things are constantly getting in your way of you achieving your goals or doing the things that you want to do and you're easily frustrated, then you're going to be in a chronic state of distress, and that can, again, create a lot of wear and tear on your body. Uh, or you one of those people that are not well organized, that can't say no, that overextend yourself, um, if you're in a constant state of overload, then your body really will get stressed out and you can uh, create some physical problems because of this chronic overload. So sometimes you have to be able and willing to just say no and to set limits or to try to get yourself organized and to set priorities and not try to do things that's beyond your control and ability. But you need to be mindful to not overload yourself and try to you know, take on too much. And another thing is uh, this whole sense of 
uh, deprivation, when you deprive yourself of uh, healthy stimulation uh, through activities, uh, through exercise, through positive interactions with people, if you're constantly feeling lonely and bored, um, then you're basically understimulated. If you think back to some of those uh, needs uh, that Schultz and Maslow said that we have, the need for uh, belonging, the need for esteem, to feel secure. Uh, if you're deprived of these things, then that can create too much stress. So those are the key ones under the psychosocial causes. Now, from a biological standpoint, sometimes our biological rhythms just kind of get out of control. It might be because of chronic stressful situations that you're in, um, and it might be because you're not choosing your battles. Uh, you're overloading yourself. So if your biological rhythms get out of control, uh, that can create a lot of stress, and some of that could be from uh, not getting enough sleep. Uh, if you're a workaholic, for example, then uh, you're going to constantly be in a state of distress because you're oftentimes trying to take on too much. Uh, if you're not eating well, you know it's very important to have good eating habits and to eat nutritious foods, to have a balanced diet, to eat healthy uh, diet. And so if you have poor eating habits or poor nutrition, then that can really create a problem with your system, it can get your systems out of control. It can create or contribute to uh, physical health problems. And over a period of time, that builds up, and it really can wear you down to where it's difficult for you to function, and it makes you more susceptible to different types of illness and illnesses and ailments because of this chronic stress. Another thing, interestingly, that can create um, too much stress is being in a noisy stressful, tension-filled environment. Uh, if you're in an environment where you're just constantly exposed to a lot of noise and commotion, your body adapts to it. It's kind of like if you live near a train track. Uh, over a period of time, you learn to block out the noise of the train, and it just becomes a natural part of your day. And if you move out of that environment for a brief period and come back, then you have to readjust. People that come to visit you have to take time to readjust. So if you work or live in a noisy, stressful environment, then your body will acclimate to that over a period of time, and that becomes normal for you. But at the same time, that can create a lot of distress on your body and makes it difficult for you to be able to cope. And so those are some of the biological causes. Now, the personality causes is there. Uh, the one that really gets people in trouble is type A personality. These people are very competitive. Everything is urgent. These people are very aggressive and intense with a strong need to achieve and to be in control. And sometimes they find themselves getting overly involved with too much stuff going on in their life. So if you're a type A personality, then you're prone to have a lot of stress-related illnesses and ailments because your body is constantly in high gear, and that's not good. On the other end of that, you know, if you have low self-esteem or negative self-image, um, that can cause you to have a feeling of inferiority or helplessness or feeling inadequate 
then your expectations frequently are not going to be met. Your needs frequently are not going to be met because you're not going to be assertive enough to take a stand to try to get some of these things uh, that you want or need, so that can create problems. And if you have um, what I call stinking thinking, you just have negative thoughts about yourself, about life, um, it gets back to that original quote uh, from Virginia Satir, that life is not the way it's supposed to be. It's the way it is, and the way you cope with it is what makes the difference. So if you think about these three basic areas of the psychosocial causes of stress, the biological and the personality, then those are the things that we want to think about um, that can really make a difference in how we deal with stress. So let's take another quick break, folks, and we're going to come back, and after the next break we're going to look at what's the uh, impact that it has on your body. How does it affect your body when you're in a chronic state of stress? And then the thing that we'll do right before the close is what can you do about it? So let's take a break. Call your friends and tell them to tune in. Um, either soulofamericaradio.com or to call 323-784-9638. We'll be back in a few. Let's straighten it out. We'll return. Dr. Bo, go ahead and press 1. If you're listening over the internet and want to speak to Dr. Bo, please dial 323-784-9638 and then you press 1. Otherwise, here we go. Back to Let's Straighten It Out with your host, Dr. Bo. Okay, welcome back, people, to Let's Straighten It Out. Uh, topic tonight is Taking Care of Self or Stress Management 101. Uh, right before the break, we were talking about what are some of the things that can cause excessive stress or distress. And now we want to take a minute to look at what impact does it have on your body? Or what impact does it have on your physical health when you're under a lot of stress? Uh, there was some research done by two psychologists, uh, Dr. Thomas Holmes and Richard Ray, R-A-H-E, and they developed the Holmes and Ray stress scale. And they uh, did some research with over 5,000 uh, medical students where they looked at uh, 43 different life events, and they rated them uh, according to the severity. And when you do this inventory, then you come up with the stress scale score. And the higher the score, then the more susceptible you are to health uh, stress-related health problems. 
And if you look at the list of these four to three life events, uh, they're not all negative. Some of them are positive, but uh, just uh, I'm going to go from the top down, but uh, the death of a spouse, divorce, marital separation, uh, jail term, a major personal injury or illness, uh, marriage, being fired from your work, uh, marital reconciliation, retirement, uh, major changes in health, um, major changes in your business or your financial situation, uh, changing jobs, um, increased arguments with your spouse, uh, having a big mortgage, uh, going into foreclosure, uh, you have major changes in responsibility at work, uh, but some of these could be uh, positive, like a birth of a child or a marriage, or some of these things can be positive things, so uh, holidays and vacations and those types of things. So this homes raise stress scale, and there's also one for youth. Uh, they have a different set of things, but each one of them looks at these major life events, and you get a relative score uh, based on the number of these things that have happened in your life in the last 12 to 24 months. And the higher your score, the more susceptible you are to uh, medical problems or stress-related health problems. Um, if you have a score of 150 or less, then you're relatively okay. But uh, if you a mild level of distress would be 150 to 200, and that means you have a 33% chance of developing a stress-related illness. If your score is 200 to 299, that's moderate, and then you have a 50% chance of developing a stress-related illness. And if your score is 300 or more, that's major, and you have a pretty <laughs> much a certain chance that you're going to have uh, some type of stress-related uh, illness. And some of the things that can be aggravated by stress would be migraine headaches, uh, diabetes, fatigue, uh, chronic fatigue, uh, hypertension, uh, chest and back pain, ulcers. All these things are stress-related. So if you don't manage stress well in your life, if you already have some of these problems, then it actually can uh, get worse. And so as you deal with stress on a day-to-day -day basis, your body goes through some basic changes. And um, one concept is called a general adaptation syndrome, or the acronym is GAS, which you can also have a problem with if you're under a lot of stress. Um, and your friends might not want to be around you in that case. But you go through basically three stages when you're under a lot of stress. The first one is alarm. And if you think about like a smoke detector or a fire alarm, it gives you a warning to let you know that something's going on. So the alarm system, the natural alarm system in your body is that you have increased blood pressure and heart rate, you have muscular tension, you might perspire, your pupils dilate, your sense of smell and hearing become more acute, and you experience what I had mentioned before about this fight-or-flight you know, response where your body is preparing itself to defend itself and to protect itself. And if you are constantly in that alarm state but there's no real threat, your body doesn't know that, and it you know, makes it difficult for you to calm down and to settle down. 
Uh, the next stage is what we call resistance, and that is where your body begins to make adjustments uh, to cope with this alarm that it's feeling. And you might have appetite or sleep disturbance, uh, headaches, uh, fatigue, poor concentration, diarrhea, and other uh, things like that, and you become more susceptible to illness. You've heard or you get a cold because your resistance was down. Well, this is the same concept of chronic stress. Your body's in this chronic alarm state, and your body tries to protect or defend itself, and it builds up a resistance. Well, if that doesn't work, then you get to this third stage, which is exhaustion, and that's a chronic, you know, effect on you. You might have migraine, headaches, ulcers, um, heart illnesses, and that sort of thing. So being in a constant state of distress is just not good for your health. And so you need to take some steps to learn um, how to deal with this. Now, fortunately, there are a lot of really good resources on the Internet um, that you can you know download to help you to deal with it. Uh, most Stores that sell um, music or CDs, you know, you see the relaxation CDs. Uh, There are several things that you can do, but if you want to develop a personal stress management plan, the first step is you want to work on increasing your awareness. You want to identify what are some of those situations that make you feel tense uh, and listen to your body. When you feel a lot of tension, when you feel some of those symptoms, that we mentioned earlier that were signs of too much stress, then listen to your body. It's like if you have a thermostat and the thermostat in your car is running hot and you keep driving and you don't do something about it, well, eventually that car is going to break down. Well, your body is the same way. If your body's thermostat is giving you these warnings that you need to do something and you don't, then eventually the body is going to take care of itself and it's going to just break down. So, Pay attention to these signs and symptoms from your body and increase your awareness of what makes you feel tense and to learn to do something about it. Uh, The next thing you want to do is to uh, learn some relaxation exercises. And if you're having some of these negative thoughts, you want to find a way to uh, to break that. So there's a lot of different uh, relaxation exercises. One that's pretty simple is what's called progressive muscle relaxation and you just tense up certain parts of your body and then relax, and you tense and relax, and you do that. And it doesn't really matter what sequence you go. There are some uh, techniques where you kind of imagine and you go through this scenario where you go from your head to your toe and back of tensing up and relaxing, uh, but you can just tense up your whole body and relax. It works just as well. Uh, stress, uh, Stretching. Uh, works um, well, something we don't hear a lot about today that was popular back years ago is biofeedback, and it's not necessarily hooking yourself up to machines, but it's just a way of um, helping yourself to relax. And a real, real simple example of that is you might have remember the mood rings or there are stress cards where you have these cards that has a little dot on it. You put your finger on it and hold it, and it changes colors to kind of show you uh, what your level of stress is, that's technically a form of biofeedback. Uh, so those are ways that you can uh, learn to cope with stress. Think about, you know, what are some of the negative attitudes that you have about yourself and about your circumstances. If you're 
struggling with thinking, thinking, and you see everything is negative. You always see the glasses half empty instead of half full, or you see it as totally empty. Um, that type of negative self-talk uh, can really, you know, create some problems for you. So you want to develop, you know, some positive thinking. Uh, how can you reframe the way that you look at things? How can you meet the challenge of the day? And some of that might be just to develop an action plan to decide what you want to do different. It might be that you want to uh, start exercising, for example. Uh, you have to just start somewhere, but be aware of the self-talk that goes on in your head. Uh, when you're in a stressful situation, what do you tell yourself? Do you have enough confidence that you can handle it and move forward, or do you get stuck because you feel powerless uh, to do anything about it? But uh, Be mindful of the type of thinking that you have. Uh, one thing that you can do if you're stressed out about something, for example, if you're going on a job interview and you're all stressed out about it, then you can actually rehearse. Uh, ideally, if you got someone that you trust enough that you could practice in front of them, this rehearsal kind of helps you to learn to manage the stress. And if you're finding yourself all stressed out, then one very simple method, you know, to help you to deal with that. Now, you have to be careful if you do this when people are around because they might look at you kind of funny. But sometimes if you have a constant influx of negative thoughts, then one thing is called a stop technique, and it's very simple. You just say stop out loud, and you stop and you think about it. Uh, and to remind yourself of the negative thought, and then you can try to reframe it. Another little simple technique is to wear a little rubber band around your wrist, and every time you find yourself having these negative self-thoughts, give yourself a little snap. Uh, people laugh and think, well, that's silly, but it works. But it's a matter of just reframing your thinking and looking at things a little different. So focus on being aware of the signals you get from your body, eliminating some of this negative thought, and trying to reframe the way that you think about things. Another thing is, you know, you need a good support system. You know, hopefully you have someone that you trust enough that you can talk to, but uh, if you don't, sometimes you might have to actually get professional help. And that's not anything to be ashamed of or embarrassed about because, you know, that's a good resource. But you need a good, solid support network of people that you can uh, just sit back and relax and talk to and get things off your chest where you're not going to feel judged and criticized, but you trust that person enough that you really can open up to them and let them know uh, what you're thinking and uh, how you're feeling. And so you also want to look at uh, developing <clears throat> a more positive lifestyle. Get rid of some of the things in your life that create stress. Change some of your eating habits. You know, develop a hobby. Um, get out of the rut. If you're a couch potato, get up off the couch. And even if you just walk around the house or walk up and down your street, something different. you got to change your routine, and you got to try to do something uh, to take care of yourself. Get involved in a gym, uh, get someone to help you to learn to eat more healthily. Uh, these are things that can reduce the distress in your life, and physical exercise uh, is very helpful. And it doesn't, You don't have to go out and buy a gym membership. Um, research shows that most people had purchased 
uh, these memberships, a lot of them don't use them anyway. So, um, but there are some that are very conscientious about it. So, start with something simple. You don't have to go out and do anything fancy, uh, but just a good exercise program can be helpful. Um, and again, you want to make sure that you eat properly, uh, eat a balanced, nutritious meals. You want to limit the amount of salt, sugar, caffeine, and alcohol um, because that can create some problems as well. And then again, you want to just slow down and relax, and uh, you have to balance between getting too relaxed and too leisurely uh, and having some exercise. But uh, you want to have balance in your life to help you to be in control or at least to help you to feel in control. And so look at you know what are some things that you can do uh, to help you to cope with stress differently. It starts with the change. You can't just continue to do the same things that you've always done and expect a different result. So uh, you need to take control of your life. And remember the advice they give you on the plane. you got to put your own oxygen mask on before you can uh, help someone else. So uh, we're getting close to the end of night. We're going to take another quick break, and then we're going to come back and summarize and wrap it up. But I appreciate you tuning in. And, again, uh, you're always welcome to call in and share your thoughts and feelings, raise questions, or to let us know if there are some other things that you might want to uh, have a discussion about. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and wrap it up. So stay tuned. Let's straighten it out. We'll return right after these messages. Don't waste another minute thinking about it. Pick up the phone and give us a call at 323-784-9638. And if you're holding and want to speak right now, press 1 to speak to the host. You're listening to the Soul of America Radio. Welcome back to Let's Straighten It Out. The phone lines are open for your call right now. Dr. Bo will be taking your calls at 323-784-9638 and press 1 if you want to speak on the air live. Again, that number is 323-784-9638 and just simply press 1 if you want to speak to Dr. Bo. And now, welcome back to Let's Straighten It Out, starring Dr. Bo on the Soul of America Radio. Okay, folks, welcome back. Uh, let's straighten it out. Our topic tonight is taking care of self or stress management 101. We've got about five minutes left, and I want to go back to the quote that I opened the show with, and this is from Virginia Satir, a family therapist, who said that life is not the way it's supposed to be. It's the way it is. The way you cope with it is what makes the difference. And so remember, you have control over how you think about your life. And we talked about how our expectations and needs impact the amount of stress that we experience. If you're in a 
relationship where you don't feel that your expectations and needs are being met, then you're going to be in a chronic state of stress. But you have to look at where it's coming from. Are your expectations realistic or are they unrealistic? Is it a reciprocal relationship where there's give and take? We looked at the basic needs that were described by Maslow and William Schultz, and these were basically a need for our basic physical needs to be met for a sense of safety and security, a sense of belonging or inclusion, uh, to have a sense of esteem um, and self-esteem, and also to feel that there's a certain amount of control in your life. So when you're looking at your relationships, then it's up to you to determine what you can do about getting your needs met and uh, what kind of changes that you can make. And again, our definition for stress is a physical or psychological reaction to a difficult, demanding, or dangerous situation or environment, and it's normally experiences anxiety, fear, or an extreme discomfort. And I want to reiterate how important it is for you to listen to your body. You know, that's your thermostat. Your your body will let you know when you are under too much stress and when you need to make a change and do something different, and if you don't listen to your body, uh, eventually your resistance is going to get worn down, and you're going to find yourself uh, exposed to some of these uh, stress-related illnesses. I will put some of this stuff on the website, soulofamerica.com, and we'll add some links on there to get you to the Holmes Ray uh, stress scale and some other things that will help you to learn ways of uh, reframing your thinking, relaxation, uh, exercise. And again, it doesn't have to be something costly and complicated. It can be something as simple as walking. Uh, you all remember the old days of when they had PE in school and we used to do calisthenics and you had all of the uh, workouts. Um, you know, you always had this uh, coach or teacher that was uh, an exercise fanatic. Uh, some of you as if you're from Selman went to Hudson High, you probably remember Coach Huggins, Huggins and he used to work us to death. But um, physical exercise is good for you. Uh, it helps you to control the distress in your life. Um, listen to your body. Uh, develop a personal uh, plan to take care of yourself. Uh, get plenty of sleep and eat properly. Um, avoid some of those things that are too much stimulant, too much salt, and too much um, uh, excellent, too much salt, alcohol, and caffeine uh, can be uh, a stimulant that can create stress. And so you want to take care of yourself. Um, stress is not always bad. Uh, some stress is good stress because it reminds you of a need to do something and to take care of yourself. So hopefully these things were helpful and thought-provoking. Um, if you didn't get to hear the whole show, you can always go to soulofamerica.com radio and listen to our archive shows. Uh, we've got some others uh, that Tony and some of the other folks have done, so I encourage you to take some time and go to the website and listen at some of the shows in the archive. And again, please let us know what you think about the shows. Uh, give us some feedback. If there are some topics that you would like for us to cover, uh, let me know. We'll do some research and bring those on. We try to have a little diversity in the things that we present, and most of it focuses on relationships, but uh, sometimes
sometimes we throw some things in that are not directly related to relationships, but overall, most of what we do is to help you to have more healthy relationships and a more healthy lifestyle. So again, we thank you for tuning in. Uh, We will see you next week with another topic. So thank you. This is Dr. Bo or Big Easy signing off for tonight, and we will see you next week.